Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Woman in Business podcast. On this podcast, everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories, or rather, they share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. And today's guest here with me today is Vanessa Corona. I'm so excited about this Wonder Woman. I would call her a girl on fire extraordinaire. She'll tell you about her journey because that's the first thing we always ask. So intrigued by her journey from, I'll call it rocket booster to dancer extraordinaire. So Vanessa, I'm gonna turn the microphone over to you and I'm just gonna ask you to start us off by sharing uh, a little bit about your story, about Vanessa's journey from where she was to where she is today. All right, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, so I am an aerospace systems engineer and it has been a journey um, getting to where I am today. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is, uh, you know, everyone knows it for the strip, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I ironically do not really like to gamble, but yeah, I started in Las Vegas, Nevada and my parents were super supportive of my education. And so they wanted me to go to a magnet school and I did that and majored in computer science. Um, and so I think that's really where I got introduced to engineering. And I had some really influential uh, teachers there, including my computer science teacher and my physics teacher who encouraged us all the time to do engineering, which I actually didn't really know too much about, but he encouraged us to do it and told us it would open up a lot of opportunities. So I considered that. And then really randomly, this whole time I've been uh, dancing competitively. Um, I'd been dancing since I was really little and someone at my dance studio offered to take a bunch of us to space camp um, to pay for all of us to go to space camp. <laughs> and so I decided to go and that's where I fell in love with aerospace and um, putting things into space. So that's when I decided that I wanted to go into aerospace engineering. So I went to USC in Los Angeles and I did my bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering. So I actually went into college still debating uh, what major to actually do. Um, and one way I figured that out was by taking classes both in aerospace and in electrical engineering, because those were the two that introduced, interested me the most. Um, and then I also talked to a bunch of recruiters and tried to ask you know, which direction they kind of recommended. And a lot of them were looking for electrical engineers. So that influenced my decision also. Um, from there, I interned at a bunch of places and including Northrop Grumman, Raytheon and uh, the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena. And I still had as this target that I wanted to work at NASA. Um, and so someone told me that you could just cold apply to NASA, um, <laughs> which I did not know. <laughs> And uh, so I did that and luck had it that I had the skill set that they were looking for. Um, so I got to do a co-op at NASA Ames and I worked on a lunar mission 
that uh, orbited the moon and collected lunar dust. So <laughs> I did an internship. And then when I finished my master's, I got to go and work there full time. And it was a dream come true. I got to touch flight hardware and then um, do operations while the mission was at the moon. Um, from there, I have explored all of the different depths of aerospace. So I kind of went into drone traffic management for a little while and then hypersonic aircraft. And now I'm on orbital launch vehicles. So, okay. so <laughs> all of this like rolled off your tongue, like, you know, it's just like peanut butter and jelly, no problem. And I'm over here going, what? What is she saying to me? Aerospace and lunar orbiting. And I'm like, okay, this little girl who was a dancer. <laughs> but you know, what strikes me is that you're so open to exploring. You're open to challenge. You're open to change. I mean, you just jumped right in, feeling comfortable with the guidance that, you know, you got. You just, you move forward. And I've really found in conversation, a lot of us are really, really impacted by our teachers and our parents, like the first environments that shaped us and encouraged us to do. I mean, if you look back now, you'd be like, girl, you had no idea that you would be doing this when you were doing the dance competitions. But <laughs> I mean, I know that because uh, I did a little dancing too, you have to bring that focus and commitment and energy into dance. And I can just see how you used and channeled some of that to push forward. Because none of what you said was like, yeah, I would never even attempt that. But this was incredible. So tell me a little bit about that environment that you were in. What was it that was so helpful to you as a young, you know, thriving young lady who just had all these great interests and got the encouragement to go into the sciences, a space that's not usually that comfortable. Tell us a little bit about that environment. And if there was someone who inspired you greatly in that space, would love to hear that. Yeah, thank you. There was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, yeah, I would say, I really have my family to credit from the early stages. Um, so my dad was a data scientist and my um, aunt and uncle and grandfather were professors um, in kind of scientific fields. So I, even though I said nobody was an engineer, there was still a lot of science in my family. Um, so it had you know, sort of this basis that it was, I think, normal to go into um, the sciences especially my aunt, I think, um, kind of just hearing her talk about her work was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I think going to that magnet school was really transformative for me. Um, so I really credit my mom to uh, pushing me to go there. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the computer science teacher and my physics teacher, I would say, um, just made learning about that stuff fun and different. Um, and also they could really, they showed that they really cared about us. Um, and so I think that was just, just really transformative. And then um, the other thing is there was a performing arts high school that I could have also gone to. Um, and I remember my dance studio owner, I was kind of mulling this over with her because I actually loved dance a lot. 
Um, and she told me that I could go into things like engineering and still dance, but it would be harder if I went, tried to major in dance or something and do engineering or go back. Um, so even though she owned a dance studio and you know that was her passion, like I feel like that really stuck with me. Um, and so I would say those are the kind of formative uh, influences when I was younger. That's really a good way to look at how to make a tough decision, right? What are what are the upsides to um, what you do? And is it a trade-off or is it something that can complement what you're doing? So that that's really good because sometimes we think it's all or nothing uh, with the choices that we make. And we see here that you're able to blend it. I am assuming there's still some dancing going on even if it's the toe tapping under your desk as you work on the lunar launch. Um, but, you know, uh, tell, tell us about how you uh, continue to use dance, um, if you do, for sort of managing stress or just helping you to be that well-rounded person that you clearly are. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, 100% you called it. I definitely toe tap under the desk uh, at work. Um, and uh, I would say dance was extremely helpful for me to sort of balance things, especially in college. Um, when college got really hard, I would have dance practice to look forward to. Um, and the other thing that I've always tried to find is a team. Um, so then you also have this team of, um, I don't know, just people that you really care about and that you look forward to rehearsal with. Um, so that really helped me through engineering school. And one other person that I forgot to mention uh, was the captain of the dance team that I was at on at USC. Um, I noticed when I was going to USC that she was an engineer and captain of the dance team. So I emailed her about it. And she also told me something similar that um, people will tell you that you can't do one or the other, but don't ever let anyone tell you that. Um, and so I really stuck, that really stuck with me too. So I've always tried to stay with dance, even if I could go to some classes. Um, and then, yeah, when I was in the Bay Area, I actually joined a talent agency. So I actually got paid for it too, which <laughs> was uh, very exciting. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, you've just, I'm like the best of both worlds here is your theme. Um, but okay, so, Talk to me, Vanessa, about maybe on this journey, some of the not so great things, the challenges that you might have had to overcome in your pursuit of, you know, the, the job or just being you and embracing the two things that you enjoyed the most. Um, because I did hear you say, you know, or, or it was really said to you, don't let people discourage you. So t tell us a little bit about maybe a challenge or two that you encountered on your way to where you are today. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm really glad that you asked questions like that because I think some people do look at my life and do see the glamorous parts, but I mean, it definitely uh, was extremely busy in college <laughs> trying to balance the engineering deg degree and dancing. Um, and I was actually on two dance teams at first, and I definitely had to quit one, even though I really didn't want to. But um, in order to, you know, get where I wanted to go with engineering, I couldn't do both. Um, that was a very tough decision. Um, and 
even though I did the talent agency, um, I was not as active in it as I would have liked um, because I needed to balance um, work and actually just my energy in general. Um, and another thing that I think is interesting is, especially in college, I kept myself very busy. And so, I would, you know, they always say, I don't know, people, sometimes people just like keep themselves busy. And so um, that definitely can, uh, you know, have ramifications, I suppose, on keeping up with friends um, and everything, because um, understandably, I don't know, you can only say you're busy <laughs> so many times. Um, yeah, so I would say those are some challenges. And then one that I don't even know how to, I wasn't sure how to bring up, but it is one that I've been uh, facing is I actually got diagnosed with ADHD um, about four years ago, I think, or so. Um, and that actually made a lot of things make sense. So um, <laughs> yeah, so how once I found things I was passionate in, um, I dove myself into them, but it definitely takes actually a lot of discipline to uh, do some of the more routine things <laughs> like respond to emails and pay bills. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's wow. definitely been a big one. Yeah. It's funny how we just, uh, we fall into a cycle that we just do things a certain way. And we, we never question like, why do I do things or not? And why is this happening? So it's interesting that you said, Neil, only four years ago of your X number of years, I won't even mention how old you are, um, only four years ago, did you kind of get a, 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 an official explanation that you can look back on and say, that's why? So having that, because sometimes we fear diagnosis, right? We fear hearing the truth or facing the truth. How have you been able to model yourself? Because you, you talk a little bit about the discipline. You're in a major field, major with some major, <laughs> major deadlines and other demands and quality standards and rigor. How do you manage that? You know, because I think for listeners who, who maybe have that challenge or, or have someone in their family with that, what is it that you think helps you to be your best um, given what you know now? Yeah. Really great question. And it definitely manifests itself in different ways. So I would say actually deadlines are great for me. And I think that's why, especially in the early part of my career on a very fast paced uh, project with um, deadlines that could not move and movable deadlines, I actually, um, well, the way I would meet them is by just working basically until <laughs> I got them done. Um, which is what I, how I survived through college too. I think where I hit the wall was when I no longer had the energy <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, and so that's where um, I started, like I started down the path, I guess, of like getting the diagnosis after talking to um, several therapists actually, because it more was um, what they say with uh, ADHD in women is a lot of times it actually manifests in um, depression and anxiety because we don't show the hyperactivity necessarily as much. And so people just think you're lazy or just don't care or something like that. Um, and so 
so yeah, so you were asking how I've overcome that. Um, and I, uh, I have created what I call my mental health squad, I guess. <laughs> and so, yeah, so um, one uh, thing that I tell people about all the time is there are apps these days that um, uh, kind of match you up with a therapist. And sometimes it's not always a permanent solution, but I really like it because for an ADHD person, you don't have to research all of the therapists in town. You don't have to like go through all of the insurance and everything. And so, um, so yeah, so I found a, um, I went through an app and found a therapist and she eventually referred me to an ADHD center. It's called the Hallowell Center. Who's a, he's a famous, um, I think psychologist in the field of ADHD. So then through that, I have an ADHD coach and she recommended an actual good psychiatrist because the first psychiatrist I found, um, actually it took, it took my now husband and I uh, calling about 50 different psychiatrists office in San Francisco to find one that specialized in adult ADHD and was taking new patients and would call me back. And then it, they weren't even that good. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it took a lot of time and persistence and actually thanks to, I would say like a support system, like of my now husband, um, to persist, to find like kind of what I call this like mental health squad, um, where it's actually like, you know, um, it's taken a lot of effort. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I would say, like I have kind of returned probably back close to the zest that I had when I had the energy, <laughs> yeah. I love the zest part, but I really am in love with the mental health squad. There are all other squads, right? But where we may need it the most, we don't think about like, you know what? I really need a team to work with me on this. We do our team for beauty. We do it for fitness to look buff, but we really don't take care of the most important part, right? The, the thing that keeps us all together and going. So. This is great. This is really wonderful. Um, and I hope that it's really planting the seed with those who are listening um, to, this, to this conversation, which is great. So Vanessa, tell me about your proudest professional moment or a proudest professional accomplishment. Can be big, can be small, but for you it was just so important because it meant something more than people could actually see. Could I do two actually? You do two, you do two, yes. <laughs> okay, so, um, well, I guess one is more on the dance side, but you know, I like to say that there's two sides. Um, but for work, it was when we launched our spacecraft uh, to the moon. Um, I was sitting on console, so I got to say go uh, for our subsystem. And I actually had the screens to be able to uh, see when our spacecraft turned on and was communicating. Um, so that was like just an enormously proud moment because it was, you know, three years of working super hard. And like I said, the long nights and everything, but um, seeing that uh, was just, so satisfying. Um, and then you're gonna laugh because the other one was uh, dancing with the Black Eyed Peas like uh, at the Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> so 
So um, I'm telling you, you're killing me. You're killing me on this end. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, because actually I danced, you know, for so long since I was three, you know, even longer than I've done engineering. And, um, you know, my parents probably spent a lot of money uh, on my dance lessons. And so I always, I always told them like, you know, someday I will get paid for this, no matter how small the amount. Um, and actually I didn't even get paid for that, but it was still like such a uh, just exhilarating moment, um, you know, like when the lights went up and you could see the crowd and, everything was just I was like okay even though you know like I was I made it <laughs> so that's like okay. dancers gold you know like uh, to to make it like I really wanted to sing with the cheetah girls I really did but you actually got on stage and did your thing uh with the black eyed peas that's incredible Wow. I mean, I'm reading your memoir at this point in time. <laughs> I'm also voting for you to have um, Mattel make a doll, uh, the space girl, or a cookie. I mean, if Dr. Fauci could get a cookie, you can get a cookie too, or a squeeze ball or something. You need to be like celebrated because you are definitely, I, I did say girl on fire, and I literally mean it because from your seat, you have had global impact with your work in aerospace technology. Um, and you've also been able to enjoy your life and be satisfied with the passion that you have for dance. That's so amazing. Not many of us get that opportunity. This is really great. <laughs> so I don't know if you have time to read or listen to other podcasts or anything, but what has inspired you in terms of a book, a quote? Um, what is it that, you know, maybe you have a mantra or an uh, affirmation that you hold on to or use, but tell us a little bit about that inspiration point. Where does that come from for you? Yeah, that's a good question. It would be hard to think of just one, but I actually am, um, I would say a voracious uh, information uh, scooper, I guess, or something. Um, so I subscribe to a bunch of podcasts. I really like uh, Impact Theory by, I think it's Tom Bilyeu. Um, and actually also there is a, um, a podcast for women with ADHD um, by Tracy Otsuka. So I really like those two. Um, and then right now I'm reading the Radical Candor book. And I feel like it has been really helpful for me because I'm sort of stepping into um, a team lead position and that book has been really helpful um, in terms of the way to communicate, the way to give feedback, um, but also just sort of how to create the environment that you want for your team. Okay, we're going down that path now. For, for you and, and all of that information that you've gathered in and your personal experience, what advice would you give to women with regard to helping other women? Of course, this podcast is a platform for amplifying voices, sh sharing stories, because we know storytelling is so powerful. But if you had to give some advice to a woman um, today in, in terms of what she can do to uplift or bring another woman along, 
or a young girl along, what would you share? So I'm really passionate about um, women in STEM. Um, and so I would say sharing your story for kids, like young girls, to be able to hear um, is so important because I think there's people that don't get to have the same experiences that we did. Uh, I did a presentation about NASA at a middle school, I think, in Las Vegas. And a girl came up to me afterwards and told me that she really liked astronomy, but her parents told her that girls don't do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I told her, you know, you can show them that you can. <laughs> and so I think it's so important um, to get just really these examples out there to kids, especially I would say like the middle school age, because I feel that's around when we lose them. Um, it becomes less interesting um, people tell them they can't do it. And I think that needs to stop. <laughs> so, yeah, putting people in a mold and putting limits on our young, especially our young women, is just, it, it's like the kiss of death, right? As you said, you catch them when they're early, get out in front and share your story because they have no concept. Besides what they see on TV, they see their parents or they see relatives, and everyone may not be doing things that they find interesting. And so, you know, a lot of kids are like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, and so it's great for us to be able to share and give the idea. Plus, we need the phone number for those parents who say, girls can't do that. We need to call them up <laughs> because that is so not true, right? Uh, girls can do anything, limitless. That's amazing. Uh, I, I love where this is going. And, you know, I, I want to ask you to just um, maybe think about what, what what's in the future? Where do you go from here? Like, what are your thoughts on, I love the fact that you're stepping up, um, you're going to be leading a, a, a team and, you know, moving forward. I don't know if it means new work or other work or, you know, what what do you see on the horizon right now for you? That is an excellent question that, you know, I return to a lot. Um, so I'm really excited to be um, leading this team right now. And it's still relatively new for me. So I'm definitely trying to, you know, learn as much as I can, both through material and also through uh, on the job experience. So I'm really excited about that. In terms of the future, I definitely contemplate a lot of things. Um, I've heard a lot of people, even on this podcast, talking about leadership coaching, which I also am very passionate about. Um, and so it's something I think about <laughs> at times. And uh, sometimes my husband, who's a software engineer, and I talk about starting a company, um, but we're still kind of looking for the idea. <laughs> and so, yeah. We've got lots of ideas for you, Vanessa, let me tell you. We've got, and you've got them too. I think it's just weaving them all together. And sometimes we think, ah, oh, that can't be a business, but people need so many different things that I think we'd all be surprised at some of the niche opportunities that turn into ginormous things um, because they just don't exist in the right way, right? Um, you have to pull all these things together to get what you want. Wouldn't it be great if you would just 
walk up to something and say, wow, this does it for me. So that's that's really good. I I wish you guys the best of luck, but knowing you, um, you will make it happen. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, Vanessa, is there something that you want our listeners to know, something surprising about you that you haven't shared or that is so unique to you? Um, you know, we, we always want to get to know a little more about our Wonder Women uh, because they often overlook the things that make them extraordinary. Yeah, I feel like I used a lot of my unique facts already. Um, <laughs> um, I will, so in lieu of that, I will say I'm very thankful that you took the time um, to do this in uh, what I would say pure ADHD fashion. I was perhaps <laughs> a little yeah, bit- Yeah, when you uh, said, what about blah, blah, blah? We're like, oh, you mean tomorrow? Okay, we can do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, uh, I am so grateful and thankful for your time and also for um, how comfortable you made me during this in my first podcast experience. So. Well, this may be your first, but I don't think it's going to be your last because there's just so much there. Um, you really represent this well-woven tapestry of different things that we wouldn't think we would find with someone who has a career in, you know, astro, whatever it is <laughs> at this point, because um, it's it's incredible to me. And, and you've done such an amazing job of pulling on your strengths and also addressing the areas that you needed to develop. Uh, and you were able to find that balance, which is something that often eludes us and we just never find it. What about travel? Is travel, and I know we're not in a space of travel, but, uh, and I'm talking about travel on the earth, not in the orbit, okay? <laughs> Although maybe that's on your agenda. I have no idea. Everyone's going into space these days. Who knows? <laughs> that's true. If I can get on that list, I definitely would. But yes, I do, um, I guess, pre-pandemic times, I loved to travel. Um, so I've been to six, uh, out of the seven uh, habitable continents. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I love to travel um, and I love to experience new places and learn about new people and try to learn as much of the language and food as possible. So I, yes, I love travel. Yeah. Okay. I'm wrapping all of this into your new business plan that you're going to be putting <laughs> together. So we have a lot of things to think about in this melting pot. This has been great. Uh, I have learned so much more about you. Uh, I certainly have a great admiration for all that you've accomplished. I'm so excited about what may be happening for you in the future. Um, thank you for being vulnerable and authentic. Uh, I love everything that you shared tonight. I think my most favorite thing though is the mental health squad because I think it's so important. It's, it's been so helpful to you. And it's something that was so needed um, that you can reflect on now and just really look at how it helped you to, to move forward. So thank you for sharing that and your, your favorite apps and your podcasts. I hope this one is among your faves. So we're gonna yes. like that one a lot. This has been liberating for me. 
Um, I feel, you know, I hope you're energized by it because that's what we want to do is really uplift um, our women. So tell me just a little bit about the club before we leave here because we came to know each other um, when I visited the club. Tell us about that group of amazing women. Yeah, so the club um, is an incubator for women leaders in Silicon Valley. And they also have a specific incubator program through the year, uh, which I was uh, lucky enough to be part of the 2021 class. And so each month, uh, Lorraine McKinnon, uh, who leads the club, um, uh, took us through different building blocks, including um, your brand statements and um, even uh, board membership, what it takes to be, be a part of a board, um, and then even this, this activity. So um, I really highly recommend um, joining both the incubator or also the club in general. So. So excellent, women coming together to make sure you're fine tuning all areas. Um, so yeah, you walk into that boardroom and maybe even sit at the top. So wonderful. Thank you so much, Vanessa. This has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope our listeners did too. If they want to reach out to you or get in contact with you, tell us how they can do that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Vanessa K um, or email vmkc.tech at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa. I hope those who are interested in learning more reach out to you. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much.